Welcome to Pacifica Wire. In this episode, we uh, have the pleasure of speaking to Fala Haulangi. She needs no introduction. Broadcaster, frontline union organizer for workers' rights, campaign union organizer for Air 2, coordinator, and Air 2 Committee Pacifica. She's a recipient of the Queen Service Medal for her work within the Pacifica community and workers' rights. She joins us live on Zoom. We say a very good morning. Talo for Fala. Hello for Gladys and Gary. Oh, I'm so happy. Honestly, I'm so thrilled to be part of your program today. I'm really oh, to be part of the Pacifica Wire program. I'm really honored and I'm so glad of where you are now and doing your own thing and working, being your own boss. Go, sister. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. Yay! And, um, look, this is our very first time exploring the Zoom land, so I want to thank you because uh, you're the first up on this ranch. Thanks for the guinea pig. But look, thank you so much for this uh, opportunity to speak to you. I know it's, uh, of course, we're in the middle of an alert level lockdown here in Auckland. But life still goes on. And uh, of course, this week, it's a very special uh, week, Tuvalu uh, language, uh, Ngana Tuvalu. So of course, uh, you're celebrating Vayaso uh, Ote Ngana Tuvalu and 43 years of independence today. So follow what? I know. Yeah, well, Gladys, uh, yeah, I'm so proud of uh, my nation, Tuvalu, and its people of where we are now. Uh, 43 years independence from the, the colonizers, the so-called colonizers, yeah. Um, but as you know, that we are a small minority, you know, island, but I'm always proud of my island because we always punch above our weight, you know. We don't muck around, we just get on with things and, you know, we are quite, uh, what's the Palangi word? Resilient. We are quite uh, resilient people when, you know, climate change, as you know, is the forefront. Uh, so I'm very proud of where because I was told and when because the British wasn't very impressed when we wanted to move away from uh, being the Gilbert and Ellis Island colony and the British, okay? They weren't impressed at all. So they, when we decided to leave, they, they, they didn't give us anything. They only got us a rundown boat, ship, okay? But I'm so grateful to my uh, previous, my, my pioneers, the leaders, uh, the previous uh, Tuvalu leaders for being so strong and quite adamant and said no it's about time that we have to move on. So we look after our own people with our own direction, our people coming up with their own ideas of how we run our country, not some British, um, you know, not, not some Palangi telling us to how to run our country, okay? And uh, we respect our Kiribati brothers and sisters, and we also, uh, our leaders, our previous leaders um, understood that these, um, our Kiribati uh, brothers and sisters need to run their own country as well, and we've got to run our own things the way we want and our, with our values and cultures and identity, everything that matters to us. And so they took a big risk in taking us away. Um, just like what I say, nothing. We moved on without any, you know, no resources. The only, the only rundown boat that um, um, England decided to give us. But hey, 43 years down the line, here we are. Thank God. And I, you know, that's why I'm so, I, I always give back to God the honor and the glory for blessing our country, you know, with things. Yes, we are worried about pandemic, but hey, we have been pandemic free ever since from last year until now. So we are, no, I'm so grateful to God. Hurricanes, you know, we are such a small island, so we are worried about that all the time. But, you know, being here now, Tuvalu Language Week, uh, Gladys, honestly, I'm so proud to be a Tuvaluan here now, Tierra, New Zealand. Back again, we are a minority here, but I can see that our people are, we are very proud of who we are. 
Okay. I know the Samoans and the Tongans of, oh yeah, those Tivanos, they don't matter. Hey, we do matter. Okay. We're a minority here, but hey, but I, we always, um, we're so grateful and thankful to our bigger brothers and sisters, like the Samoans and the Tongans, Cook Islands, New Orleans, all our other Pacifica brothers here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, that they always do things, you know, they always support us in everything that we need and things. And the language has been really, really great. Um, I think lockdown, maybe it's a, it's a negative thing, but when it comes to celebrating uh, Tuvalu Language Week, it has been a very positive thing because everybody's go on a virtual, you know, on social media and do their own thing and post it up there. They don't have to wait for us to gather, you know, face to face and do things together because I, I think that's what limited our people in celebrating in their own ways, you know, because they were waiting and expecting for us to all come together, have a fit together, do the fatele, you know, a few boring speeches from politicians, you know, uh, you know, but hey, but now with Tuvalu language we celebrate, this is our second year. And I tell you, I really appreciate it. And it's fun because every families are doing their own thing and put it up on Facebook page and share it with the whole world. And that is like, I even ran out of ideas of, on who to put on up to share because I keep on sharing. And I've already warned my friends, my Facebook friends and go, I'm going to be bombarding you people with all the sharing of, uh, you know, of the great things my people are doing. Uh, so please bear with me for one week. <laughs> but it has been really great seeing the different generations, like, you know, from the, like my parents really love to share what they know, you know, with the younger generation. They were very happy to put things up. The only problem we're having now, the barriers we're having now, my dad is a great fisherman back home. But I want uh, mom and I, are, um, all our family are still trying to convince him to, for me to video him and for him to share those knowledge and skills, you know, on the video. Dad wouldn't have a bar of it. So every time he opens his mouth about talking about Tuvalu language, he said, oh, be quiet, because he don't want to share anything. <laughs> but otherwise, it has been really great seeing the different generations uh, sharing their knowledge and skills and, you know, on, on Facebook about uh, what they know about Tuvalu like or whatever talents or skills that they have and sharing it on Facebook page with the whole world to, to see. And that is really good. I think that's, this is a really good platform. Mm. Followers of broadcaster yourself with so many years um, experience, radio still very an important vehicle for our Pacific community. Yeah, uh, I think because as long as we incorporate new technology, you know, to um, what you call, to the radio, like how we are doing Zoom now with uh, PMN, uh, my father with Pacifica Media Network. Thank you, I really appreciate all the great support from uh, all our colleagues at PMN. So it has been really great having those Zoom, you know, and lining up like, like this week, my job is to line up our talents for the whole, all the programs right through the whole week to make sure that um, what you call, they have slots in our, um, what you call, in PMN and uh, Radio 531 PI and um, New FM's uh, programs right through the whole week. So it has been, and uh, plus our, what you call, including our PMN Tuvalu Community Radio program as well. So we have been, yeah. And it has been really good. I, I, yeah, I've been sharing all the interviews that's been going on with our Radio 531 PI and UFM as well. So it has been great, you know? Mm. Well, that's good. And we've got to keep that going. And to what yeah. it doesn't just end on the week, does it? It continues. It, it keeps going. As long as we're up with technology, I tell you, yeah, we won't be left behind. Yeah. Mm. And follow from broadcasting, from language weeks to workers' right. This is something that you are extremely passionate about, and uh, you know you wear it, you know so proudly, and you're out there uh, supporting our uh, community. So, 
What are the issues for workers today during the pandemic? What impact has this had on the living wage? Uh, I think our, what you call, our members are very happy out there that to, uh, because of receiving the living wage um, pay that the $22.75 that we have been campaigning for about, what, nine, eight years now. Uh, but the problem during the pandemic, uh, the lockdown was that uh, quite a lot, as you know, quite a few of our, uh, not quite a few, but a lot of our Pacifica people are essential workers, okay? So some of them have been working right through. Uh, the fear they have because of the variant, uh, of the, sorry, the, uh, the Delta variant is different from the previous one. Uh, uh, the original virus is that uh, because they're essential workers, they're very worried about picking up something, you know, picking up the virus and taking it home to their, you know, uh, because they might be living with, as you know, we are always living in big families either somebody with the underlying health uh, conditions or elderly parents or small kids, you know, they're really worried about that. So the union, our role is to make sure they're well protected, you know, make sure to challenge the employer all the time that they wear the proper PPE gear, okay? Or even if they have been asked to go, um, uh, what's the word, or redeploy them somewhere else. And if they, uh, they always, uh, it's always important to do the risk assessment. Uh, what is, is it safe? Is it too far? Blah, blah, blah. You know, make sure that you always run through the risk assessment with your employer and your health and safety rep on site. And if you feel that you're not safe, not for yourself only, but your family, then there's, uh, you just say, I'm not uh, prepared to go there. And the other thing that they are facing with at the moment is uh, what you call the 80% wage subsidy. A lot of our workers, uh, a lot of our members who are not working now because the sites that they look after are being shut down and the clients are not paying, well, the employer is claiming that the client is not paying. So we don't know who is telling the truth or not. But so funny that you are asking me that question because recently with, uh, what you call, with Auckland Council, so our cleaners who are staying home now being paid 80%. So we challenged Auckland Council about it. And we were told that, uh, no, they have been, uh, the Jubity CEO came back to us, uh, to us in Radio New Zealand because we were uh, exploring that. Uh, and um, and they came in and said, no, we paid the middlemen uh, 100%. So we expect the middlemen to pay the contractors, the cleaning contractors, 100% of cleaners' wages for the month of August. We're still negotiating for September. But it's so funny, eh? Like uh, the middlemen, uh, when I talk about middlemen, I'm talking about companies like UMS, Ventia, and, um, and CityCare. Okay, and then they pass on that money that further down to cleaning contractors. You know, what I don't really understand is like, why aren't you, why are you holding on to the money? That money is not yours. That money was meant to be paid to cleaners, to their, to their employers to pay them. But why are you holding on to it? But I was told that some are doing the right thing and some are not. And so my question to Auckland Council is that, why are you hiring these cowboys, you know, um, who are doing all the wrong things here? Might as well get rid of them and you deal directly with cleaning employees instead of dealing with the middlemen. You know what I mean? And these are the kind of the, the struggles that our, our members have to, to go through over and over and over. Can you imagine if it was not for us, you know, to challenge the client, like for example, Auckland Council, who, who pass on the money to these cowboys to pass on to the workers. And if they don't pass on the money, then who the hell is gonna stand for them to fight you know, the, big, the big guys to do the right thing? You know what I mean? And it's so frustrating. Actually, I mean, and to be fair, Gladys, there are some good employees out there, but there are some really horrible ones. They just love to, um, what's the word, to make profit out of this uh, pen, uh, pandemic by, you know, on, uh, yeah, 
yeah, by not paying uh, the workers the right you know, amount of money they, they deserved. And so it's so frustrating, you know? Uh, where are you at with that? Are those negotiations still carrying on? And, and so one of the, one of the employers has, um, I've had some discussion this week, uh, last week, and they said now the middleman has agreed to pay them the money, but now we are fighting. We're still fighting with the other two, but, and we want to tell Auckland Council to follow it up because it's not right. They're more or less stealing from the workers, eh? Because that's not their money. Legally, it's not their money. That money was meant for the for the cleaners, but they were holding on to the money, like, and pay them 80% of uh, what they're entitled to. I mean, the employer has no choice but to pay them the 80%, the wage subsidy the government is giving, when these workers are very much entitled to the other 20%, the top up from the council. You see what I mean? It's so frustrating, yeah. And so, and then some of our, our members have to like go and look, they, even they have, uh, rang us to give them some phone numbers or help them find um, what you call um, as, uh, Pacifica providers so they can go and get some food parcels because they want to keep their money to pay their bills while they go and look for food somewhere else. And this is just not on, you know? And that's what really makes me so angry about this unfairness out there. Once again, our people are treated like this, not just our people, but our migrants, you know, our new migrant workers as well. And it's not on in our Maori, you know, our Changata Whenua family, and some of our Palangi as well. And it's not fair. And the struggle is real, it continues. Oh, the struggle is real and always and the most vulnerable. And that's exactly what our cleaners are saying, essential workers. They say, oh, yeah, the government recognized that we are essential workers. They, you know, they did a shout out for us, but we need more than just a shout out from the podium. You know, we want to be paid money because, you know, this is what we need. We need money, proper pay so that we can pay our bills because the kids are staying home and all they do is eat and eat and eat. <laughs> I mean, but that's the reality, you know? And the parents are saying, yeah, we still have bills to pay. Please do the right thing. So the challenge is for the government because they say, government, do the right thing. Pay us 100% instead of 80%. Or why do you give the money to our employees? Give us the money directly, you know? Because by the time it gets down to us, there's nothing left. And your work there continues following another area that you're also very passionate about is the... Uh, Announcement of a new one-off residence visa pathway for some temporary work visas, uh, visa holders currently in New Zealand. You'd like to see that extended to a particular group, the recognised seasonal employers. Yeah, I just don't understand why wasn't that um, extended to, uh, what you call, um, to our RSU workers. But then I remember, because every time I embrace this with Alpito, you know, uh, about, about our RSU workers, he always... Uh, he always say this, uh, the problem is that the arrangement that we have with RSE workers is different, completely different compared to those who come on work visas. So maybe this is something that we need to, you know, our communities and uh, we really need to look at that because if these workers are coming here and they really want to settle, so how can we have career, um, you know, um, clear uh, career pathways for them to, for, to residency, you know what I mean? uh so that's so that's a kind of conversation and we need to follow up with our politicians as well like yeah i find it's um hmm. but but let's continue to uh to have the conversation but i'm also concerned about our pacific our overstayers because i i understand where the government is going let's deal with the you know do those who are legally here on work visa they got jobs they got homes they got you know all those things and then after we settle this and then we move on to, I believe, that's their, that's their thinking. 
and probably move on to the overstairs and deal with the overstairs later. I'm quite hopeful, but as long as our communities continue to push, you know, put pressure on the government to do the right thing, uh, we will get there, you know, don't let them get away. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, a lot of it has come to a standstill because of the pandemic. So to get that conversation going again, in particular with the RSC workers. Hey, no, 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 stand still. We're still zooming with politicians. We've been zooming with these people who make decisions. You know, hey, let's make use of the Palangi, you know, the Palangi, the Asian technology. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> or Pacifica technology like Zoom. Are they listening? Yeah. No excuses. No excuse apologies. And I know, and I tell you what, Gladys, even better now, now at lockdown, we have more, uh, we, we can access politicians easier compared to, you know, because they're always having meetings going somewhere, flying here, flying there. But now with the lockdown, they have no excuse. They always come, they always front up when the union call them to come and meet with us uh, on Zoom to ask them some questions around the, you know, the lockdown on things that we are not really happy with and to clarify situations on health and safety, you know, weight subsidy and all those other things. So yeah, that's the final of um, lockdown and Zoom. <laughs> and we make sure that we, yeah, we make use of this technology to continue to hold politicians to account. And we have been ever since the lockdown. And, yeah. and that's good. That's good that they are accessible. Mm. Not always accessible to media, but that's another story. That's another thing. And, that's, and, and even accessible to our to the workers. So we have Zoom every Tuesday night with our cleaners and security guards to talk about the fair pay agreements. Because going back to your question about what's been, you know, um, uh, uh, what you call the things that our members have experienced during the lockdown. And so the things that I have highlighted, the wage subsidy, the wages, you know, all the way this, this work has been treated, you know, the clients giving the money, the middleman, the middleman doesn't pass on to, you know. Um, and we believe, uh, we strongly believe from the union perspective that if we, because like how you probably know that we are campaigning, currently campaigning for a fair pay agreement, you know, uh, for cleaners and security all over New Zealand. And so to us, that's another way of dealing with how the you know the workers are getting treated nowadays with the employers. Because if we have a pay, fair pay agreement for all cleaners all over New Zealand, for all security guards all over New Zealand, I tell you, everything will be transparent and we will know who to blame. You know, because at the moment, all different uh, security companies, all different cleaning companies, they all have different agreements. So, and they don't know what they're dealing with because they're hiding from each other, undercutting each other. Because that's why the fair pay agreement is very important because we want to stop the race to the bottom. Because if it's uh, if the tender is out from the company for MSD cleaners to be, you know, and then these employers, um, they will be hiding from each other on what they're tendering on. You know what I mean? But as we all know, even the government is guilty of that and the council, all councils, by going with the cheapest contractor out there instead of going with the best contractor who looks after their cleaners, the value their cleaners, you know, um, uh, take, making sure that they pay the living wage. Health and safety is, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's very important and upskilling and training and those things are very important because our people they need those um, upskilling and training all the time you know and so to us the fair pay agreement is the way to go to deal with all this crap that is going on around us yeah transparency and, and stopping the rest of the bottom mm. but i guess it's timely with the pacific pay gap inquiry that's taking place right now that's um yeah that's something that we are very proud of too that we are part of that with dr karenina and her team from the eco uh, employment opportunities. So we have been working very closely. A2 has been, especially our community Pacifica, we have been working very closely with uh, Karanina on how we can get that message out. So we are 
remember how our uh, committee was affected too with Zoom every fortnight. So we are looking at having our live stream, uh, what you call, um, what you call live stream um, Facebook uh, with um, with Karanin and the team in two weeks time. Yeah, to talk about the Pacific pay gap as well. Yeah, mm. so see what I mean? <laughs> connecting all the connections. And speaking of the connections um, and uh, just the work that you're doing, what do you think in terms of like yesterday? It was really good talking to you because you were out getting your vaccination with your family, and you know, we've heard a lot about the messages of getting our Pacifica community out to get vaccinated to you know keep themselves safe. Do you think those messages have been getting out there? Has it been? I think it started. You know, the sad thing about yesterday, uh, unfortunately, Gladys. You know, because we only uh, negotiated for two days. Okay. Uh, on the first day, it was quite it was steady, but not. But yesterday, I was told the feedback I had from them, it was really, really busy. Our people are just, you know, driving through, driving through, driving. Unfortunately, Gladys, they ran out of vaccines. But there were so many cars. Yeah, like you know, um, but the people that I spoke to were saying, you know, our hearts were really, you know, it's it's heartbreaking telling our people, sending our people away because there was not enough vaccines. They ran out. They tried to. Uh, they went to Westgate, and they went to another site to, you know, to get some vaccines. But they were closed as well. Like kind of like, you know, um, it was the end of the day. Kind of like, oh my gosh, that was like this. Uh, so now we are going to negotiate again to give us another week because the feedback we had, uh, you know, um, Gladys, our people are only comfortable with our people. You know what I mean? And that's why, uh, and that's uh, this uh, mess messaging out there that's going up. It's very true. Yes, uh, the big uh, yeah, the big guys can do their thing here and there, but at the end of the day, our people are only comfortable with our people, our nurses, our social workers, you know, uh, they are being there, our, our community people, our volunteers, they want to see our own people speaking our own languages, greeting each other when they're driving through the, you know, the drive-through, because that was my my beef right in the, at the beginning of the thing. I said, every time I even the testing, when I turn up, it's all Palangi. You know, it's a funny thing, ladies. It's our Pacifica people that come and say, oh, hello, da, 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 you're here. And then who does the, the injection? The Palangi say, why are we having the Palangi doing the injection? Why aren't our people qualified enough to do the injection as well? You know what I mean? Right from the beginning, when it comes to the testing and the vaccination, that was my question that I was asking our people, our health professions. I said, I only see Palangi giving jabs. Why? Aren't our people qualified? If they haven't done the training, why aren't they getting trained? And it's only been done now recently. But when it's the beginning, once again, what our people are not good enough, you know? And why are we calling them nurses and doctors and you know, you know what I mean, Gladys? Once again, it's that separation and yeah, I'm just sick and tired of it. That bullshit. Mm. But it's good to see now that now our people are doing that now. And see our people turn up to get vaccinated. So I think we almost had about 500 people getting vaccinated. I know for small community, Tuvalu, Kiribati, and Tokelau, uh, for the two days, that's like a total of almost 500. If we didn't run out of vaccines yesterday, it would have been more. Unfortunately, that was, but we are um, trying to, just like back to your question, we are, because we saw the impact it has on our people. They, they trust our people, they trust us, you know? So that's why they turn up to get vaccinated because of the conversation you have with them, the laugh that we have with them, you know? And um, yeah, and they trust, and then they trust their own people. 
it's not that they don't trust other people, but it's just because of the language and the friendliness. And uh, yeah, they say that the feedback I had was that so friendly, the environment was really good, and uh, but at the same time, very professional. You know, it doesn't mean that we we Pacifica that you know that we you know we joke and things, but at the end of the day, the job gets done, but in our in our own way. You know. Hmm. Well, then, note, fella your final words to our Pacifica community, to our people who are listening out there, what would you say? You know, we need each other, okay? Uh, in Aotearoa, New Zealand, we are a minority. And like Tuvaluans, we are a minority among the minorities. And when it comes to pushing our agenda out there to reduce inequality and poverty, Samoans can do it in each other, just like how we are pushing for our overstayers to get, um, yeah, uh, career pathways to this. So to me, that is what we need. We need each other to make sure that we reduce inequality and poverty out there because nobody else will care about us. Only us will care. But not only that, we need to build relationship with our migrants, you know, with our migrant workers as well and our, um, our Tangata Whenua and our Palanga Telu because there are a lot of Palanga out there. They care about us and our gender as well. So we need each other when it comes to inequality, climate change, you know, poverty. We need each other. Okay. And start building allies and network with people that you identify the community that cares about. Don't talk about things that, you know, disagree on. Uh, talk about things that you have in common. And that's only then we will achieve. And that is reducing inequality and poverty in our community. Bala, hmm. always a pleasure to speak to you. We thank you for this chance to speak to you. Um, we wish you all the very best. Keep well, stay safe with your family. Until the next time. Marlon, thank you for having having me here. So blab on and on and on. <laughs> thank you, Gladys. Hey, and all the best as well with your new invention. Pacifica Wire. Uh, Pacifica Wire, go hard. All the best. Gladys. Thanks for listening. Visit our website at www.pacificawire.com. We welcome you to like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, follow us on Twitter, and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can listen to the full podcast on Spotify. Fa fatai, ma'ia manuia.